Unless you're a music buff, the name Elliot Smith likely doesn't ring too much of a bell. Aside from his main claim to fame with his song Miss Misery being featured in the 1997 film Goodwill Hunting, Smith might be an artist who has slipped away into the shadows of the 90s and early 2000s. But like all great sad indie artists, Elliot Smith has a cult-like fan base that is alive and well. It thrives in internet forums and through modern artists like Phoebe Bridgers who emulate parts of Smith's signature sound. Say Yes comes off of Smith's 1997 album, Either Or, which is named after the Soren Kierkegaard book of the same name. Either Or refers to the difference between the subjective and the objective experience, themes which Smith studied in philosophy at Hampshire College in Massachusetts. Although the album did not chart in the U.S. upon its release, it now ranks consistently in various publications' best albums of various decades. Pitchfork ranked Either Or number 48 on its list of best albums from 1987 to 2012, and Rolling Stone number 276 on the 2020 re-release of their 500 greatest albums of all time. This is Alexandra Hall, and I've got Ox. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and this is Say Yes by Elliot Smith. I'm in love with the world Through the eyes of a girl Who's still around the morning after We broke up a month ago And I grew up, I didn't know Welcome back to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. You just heard Say Yes by Elliot Smith. All right. What do we think about first impressions, ladies and gents? It was good. Bella, was this your first time hearing an Elliot Smith song? Yes, like at all. And when you said in the beginning, you said Phoebe Bridgers, and that is exactly what that reminded me of. It reminded me of the song Graceland by her. It almost has the same, like... Tone? Yeah, like the same... I don't really know. Yeah, the I way he's like half whispering and then like when mm-hmm. he holds out the notes, it just like dies out and like, uh, I like his voice. Yeah, I'm not nice. so much sure about, I mean, I did not like the song. It sounded, it sounded a little boring to me. That's fair. That's kind of like, that was really made, but <laughs> no, it's not mean at all. <laughs> but I really, I like his voice. I like Phoebe Bridgers. Gavin does not like Phoebe Bridgers. I'm so not a fan. Hot take. And as, actually, as of two weeks ago, I thought it was Phoebe Bridges, nope. uh, Bridgers. <laughs> so that shows how much I, I love her um, or care, I guess. <laughs> well, I know Phoebe Bridgers cites him as kind of her favorite artist. Like I know in a lot of interviews, she has like first edition albums and oh, certain wow. sign stuff. Okay. And a lot of exactly what you said about his voice, like he kind of has this whispery, quiet, almost whine of a voice that I would say is very hit or miss with people. You either kind of mm-hmm. love it or you don't. So it is kind of funny that you said you liked his voice, but not the song. Like, I kind of thought it was going to be the other way around, because that's his most, I would say, one of his more palatable songs. The rest of them are a little more morose, for lack of a better term. That's kind of the the happiest one that I I could choose. That's the happiest one? Yes. That's That's depressing. Yeah. Happiest, not happy. Mm. It's it's definitely not a happy song. What is this about? Is it about like a a one-night stand or something? Well, it was written about his long-term girlfriend, which I'll get into a little bit because there's some tea Mm. there. But uh, the whole premise is sort of like he's kind of asking her to reconsider the relationship because they had just recently broken up when he wrote this song. And... There's a lot of allusions to like certain Beatles songs because I know he was listening yeah, I, to. I, I read on that. Yeah, earlier. Magical Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. Like he was listening to that a lot when he was writing this song. So the certain way that the lyrics are structured and like the resolution of them is it mirrors. Um, I think all you need is love is the song. So I can I can see that. There's there's 
it's such a simple song and I think I like it because it's such a simple love song Mm -hmm. whereas some of his other stuff can be more existential because he was a philosophy major so like what did you expect (laughs) um but yeah it's 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 bittersweet I would say is a lot of Elliot Smith's music huh yeah but if you want to get into the tea about his death his sudden death oh um, yeah I read that too he died like I don't know, I guess early on into his career. Or yeah. Like, I didn't know he was dead. In, yeah. yeah, that's, I know. So it makes disrespectful. Even this is insulting him on air. <laughs> he's not Sorry. even here to. So himself. on October 21st of 2003, Smith died from two stab wounds to the chest and an alleged suicide oh. with a note on a sticky note reading, I'm so sorry, love Elliot, God forgive me. But on the suicide sticky note, his own name was spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. So there's other mysterious elements to his death, like two self-inflicted stab wounds with no hesitation marks. Yeah. So his case is actually still an open police investigation. That is crazy. He's a philosophy major, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt. He could have spelled his name incorrectly for some weird reason that like... Okay. No one understands Maybe me or something, and so there there is a lot of skepticism <laughs> about his girlfriend being the one. Who okay, I could see that as well. That's definitely an easy. I mean, I'm not saying like a whole like. Yeah, it's thing. a saga. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, that's crazy. So I don't know if this is the same girlfriend that he wrote "Say Yes" about. I think there was one or two very serious girlfriends he had throughout his career, though. Hmm. But that's his this very mysterious death that everybody has very passionate opinions on. But I mean. There were a lot of drugs involved. He was he wasn't you know a chipper human being, but two stab wounds to the chest is a yeah, little yeah that's a little weird. It's sketchy with no hesitation marks. I feel like it's hard to successfully stab that. yourself yeah. to death. Yeah, after the twice. first one, I might have some like rethought. Exactly like, going on. There was no hesitation. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And she was there when it happened. She said she walked down. <gasps> and she saw it happen. She did it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I didn't it. say it. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of this guy before, but I have but, a feeling. <laughs> I know. So that's kind of the sketchy part of it, which sometimes when you listen to his, well, maybe sweeter songs. I mean, sweeter is maybe subjective, but it's kind of hard to believe that those two things can coexist. I mean, it's yeah. just such a, a horrible death for yeah. like a sweet yeah. little, I mean, I love Elliot Smith. He's just a sweet guy. Sad, but sweet. It's. I mean, I guess... I'm not trying to like justify him, like be, like the the theory that he killed himself, but I c- can kind of get from this song that the tone isn't. He seems depressed. Like, yeah, I don't know. Even if he's talking about like a girlfriend and stuff, he just feels it's a depressing song. Yeah, he's very like gray. And like I've seen a lot of pictures of him too, and he just his whole persona kind of yes. seems like I I'm no one understands me. Kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. So and a lot of his music is on the more depressing side, but. I mean, I watched this documentary called Heaven Adores You, which is an excellent documentary and got me kind of into my Elliot Smith obsession for a couple of years. But it talks a lot about like not wanting his whole legacy to just be, you know, another sad guy, even though I think at surface value that is. Mm. Yeah, because I would consider myself like a surface kind of. Yeah. I, I only listen to some of his stuff. Right. And that's kind of the persona I've gotten, which is, he said, not yes. what he wanted. Exactly. And I, he actually like he first started playing in this band 
I think in college called Heat Miser, and his roots That's are wonderful. in <laughs> are in and punk rock and rock music. So he played a lot of like grunge punk music, yeah. and it's so funny that like he went from that and sort of you know yeah. crazy hair and piercings and playing in these like dive bars in Oregon and Portland. He's like a Portland sweetheart. Oh, that makes even yeah. more sense. Yep. Okay, he's, he's beloved in Portland. Okay. Um, That's crazy. I was just looking at pictures of him because I'd never seen him before. And yeah. I feel like that's the type of guy you look at first and you're like, oh, he probably he probably is like a hard metal type of guy. So when yeah, you, now that I've seen a picture of him, yeah, he kind of has the Kurt Cobain very, look. Yeah, the Kurt Cobain look. That's exactly and then he's got it. this sweet little whispery voice, yeah. and you're like, how did you scream in a band yeah, five years what? ago? That song could be yeah. in like a Curious George movie or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jack Johnson. Yeah, like yeah. it's like sad Jack Johnson. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. If you're just joining us, this is I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Alexander Hall, and we're chatting about Say Yes by Elliot Smith. I'm Gavin Listro. And I'm Bella. And we are going to break down some of the lyrics now, because I think we've talked pretty generally about it being maybe more of a morose sound, with my stance being I think it's a sweeter love song, even though maybe that's yeah. more of a reflection on me than uh, the song itself. <laughs> but You have something to tell us, Allie? Yeah, you know... <laughs> So the one, I have one favorite lyric that's kind of towards the end, but the the section I kind of wanted to talk about was sort I think it's near the bridge. It's crooked spin can't come to rest. I'm damaged bad at best. She'll decide what she wants. I'll probably be the last to know. No one says until it shows. See how it is. So I think I read some interpretations about that first line. Crooked spin can't come to rest about being a game of spin the bottle, which I found very oh. interesting. Oh, I, okay. I read that too. Cause I would never kind of pick yeah. that up. Yeah, what? It's very poetic, but it's like crooked spin can't come to rest. It's almost like the relationship can't really decide if it's, yeah. you know, oh, if she wants, yeah, cause like in spin the bottle, there's always, deep. there's I always like going to be someone that lands on and right. it's like, it can't land on any, anybody. It's right. Like, it can't like come spin to the rest. bottle is broken. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second line is kind of my favorite of the song. I'm damaged bad at best. I mean, I, you know, you can have that victim that's mentality sad. of like, don't think you're damaged. But I just think it's a pretty lyric. It's like, no, yeah. I, especially the f- the way it fits in the song. Is he saying that like... He hates himself. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, is he saying that it's not that bad or it's like really bad? Like, I'm bad at best. Well, I think he's saying like, okay, Crooked Spin can't come to rest. She can't decide if she wants me, basically. And it's like, I'm damaged bad at best and she'll decide what she wants. I'll probably be the last to know. So it's sort of like, he knows he screwed up. Okay. And it's sort of like, the ball is in her court. And I think that's where the song is coming from. It's like, say yes, give me another try, come back. But the ball is in her court. Like, he knows where he's at. He knows who he is. Mm. which I guess is sad, but at least it's better than not being self-aware. And no, yeah, that's true. The next line after that, he says, I'm in love with the world through the eyes of a girl. girl. Yeah. It's still around the morning after. I guess that's the first line too. So it's like everything's in her control basically. That Yeah. He can only be in love with the world. He only experiences happiness or love or whatever feeling um, through the eyes of this girl. Yeah, which is, like that's the hook. Mm-hmm. And that just, I don't know, it's heartbreaking. It's sad. That's sad. And He's then, like so attached. But it's also so beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know codependency not cool however no. that lyric is incredible yeah. undeniably yeah. and i guess if i'm putting myself in the shoes of the girl who the song was written about that's definitely can like i'd be touched by this unless yeah. you're just like cold-hearted but 
<laughs> and what Bella just said of like, oh, it's kind of growing on me. That was very much the experience I had with Elliot Smith. I found Elliot Smith in middle school, which yes, is a reflection of my mental, mental health at the time. Yeah, but that's not good. <laughs> um, I found figure eight, which is one of his albums. And I think it was on the soundtrack. One of his songs was on the soundtrack of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And so that's how I found out about him. And okay. then a couple years later, I dove into this album because it was in another movie. Like I think his, his music can sometimes be, not fetishized, but it's always in like those artsy movies. Yeah, and it's like, like I can his favorite band. It's like, I think sometimes Elliot Smith gets this rap of like, I don't know, the weird sad guy listens to his hit song Between the Bars is kind of the one everybody knows. And it's like, yeah, but you know, he has a very like detailed and sophisticated discography that kind of runs yeah. deeper. But Elliot's like his voice. I just uh, I think it's so funny that Bella liked his voice because usually it's like me convincing people. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Just listen to a couple more songs. Like it grows on you. It really does. So <laughs> it's so funny that you liked it. Allie doesn't have. She has like half the episode left now because she was like, planning on convincing us. No, I really was. Voice. Like all of my notes were okay. How am I going to convince these people to like Elliot Smith? <laughs> Unironically. Done in the first two seconds. <laughs> I think part of it, like I re- like. Go back to what you were saying about how apparently Phoebe Bridgers was really, like, influenced by him. I just, I'm a big fan of the, like, kind of, I know Gavin's gonna hate me for liking Phoebe speak Bridgers. Your, speak but I'm a big fan of Phoebe Bridgers' voice and his, his it's it, you can really see yeah. the similarities there. And so I kind of like the, like, the breathiness, like, the, like, kind of, like, ethereal sound to mm-hmm. it. So... I'm a fan of that personally. And the song is at first I was like, this is kinda it. but the more we talk about it, yeah. It is I it is kind of growing. Like I feel like the first time listening, at least for me, it might have sounded like very like surface level, like kind of basic almost. Thanks, Steve, yeah. But when you figure when you we you talk about who he is, it's like, oh yeah. I guess that's like the, sad. the point of I've got Ox is to hopefully get the listeners and also each other more appreciative of the music more than just the surface level like I like it or I don't like it like listening to the the meanings and the the kind of themes going on within the music and about the artist so you can appreciate them as a person right or maybe hate them more as a person depending on who you're listening to yeah that's uh, true <laughs> I think yeah. kind of what we're talking about is I think sometimes it's very easy. I, I mean, I do it all the time. It's sort of like, oh, there's a type of person who listens to this music. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they, I just, you know. Like, yep. when I say that, you <laughs> We've know. We talked about this. We talked about 1975. We talk about the Smiths. It's like, it's very easy to just kind of know who listens to that. But when you do a deeper dive into some of these songs that you may have heard once or twice before, I think it enriches the music a lot more and gives yeah. it the life that, you know, I think the artist would hope it deserves. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Can we talk about a little bit? I'm just curious if you guys have noticed this too, but I've noticed yeah. like in culture, like things in culture repeat. Like the 80s was very big in the, the style, the music, and you kind of see that come back with like Blinding Lights was that huge song mm-hmm. this last year. It's just like completely just a ripoff of all 80s yeah. pop music. And it's kind of come back. And I feel like Phoebe Bridgers is a way, I feel like it's the 90s coming back a little bit, not just like the alternative, like, like, hard rock and stuff like that mm-hmm. but there's a side of that that's coming back that people really appreciate and i think i don't know if you guys have noticed that too yeah that, and phoebe bridger's music is kind of like his stuff and i know he was early 2000s but right. kind of the end of the 90s um and there's other stuff like that too i feel like that's coming back like more punk rock stuff and i think so too especially because sometimes maybe 
other than Phoebe Bridgers, sometimes kind of that softer guy singing mm-hmm. does make me cringe when it comes from like modern yeah. music. And so I think Phoebe Bridgers is a breath of fresh air when she's carrying on certain parts of Elliot's legacy where it's like there is such depth and surrealism to her songs mm-hmm. that yeah. are just, I think Elliot Smith would be a huge fan of Phoebe Bridgers yeah, if he were alive. And so I, th- I think Gavin's you know right on with that. I think those trends and those things we see will continue to emerged and we can only hope that it builds off of what was and i guess that that whole persona of the the singer songwriter kind of singing in your bedroom and someone recorded it like i guess claro is kind of like that too Mm. that breathy very intimate sounding voice early eilish or even sufran stevens yeah it's the same thing yeah definitely everything repeats there's nothing new under the sun no (laughs) that's true we can only kind of spin it into new variations yeah which is interesting because like I guess another thing it, that has been repeated from the 90s is rap nowadays is Definitely. getting more rocky. Like yeah. You have people like Kid Leroy and mm. pe- rappers that were putting out more just kind of mainstream rap and now putting out things with heavy rock, like guitar sounds. Right. Like uh, Astronaut in the Ocean, that whole like mm. ra- uh, like guitar sound that they're using. And it's just kind of a... Everyone's like, oh, this is so new, but it's just it's taking not. old Did we really just stuff. bring up Astronaut the Ocean? We did, we did. <laughs> and Elliot Smith, Elliot Smith no, is connected to totally Astronaut Totally valid. No, it all links together. I it's mean, all the same. It's music. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's all music. All right. And getting back to Say Yes itself, um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Elliot Smith song. It's not the deepest. It's not the most intense. Hmm. But I always like people who have never really heard much of his music. I like to show this song because to me it is a simple love song and it explores a breakup and sort of the inherent messiness that comes with any sort of relationship that you enter. And I think the song is very much like you kind of wait and see every day. He's waking up every morning whether she's there or not. And he's playing tug and war with not only himself but also the relationship he has with this woman. Interesting. And like that line he says, like... um seeing the world through like the eyes of a girl who's still around the morning Morning after after, like the whole idea of the morning after is supposed to be like you get out of there faster Mm -hmm. fast (laughs) possible or whatever like you like it's a it's a one night stand for a reason like you're 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 gone and so that whole idea of his relationship is like it's innately like one night stands over and over and over yeah Yeah. and so that like he's waking up every time being like is she still going to be there because he's treating every day I guess that that shows the kind of fragility of his relationship with her. Yeah. And that kind of his anxiety about that. Yeah. Especially because I think a lot of his relationships, at least what's public information and what was included in the documentary was that they were tumultuous and he got into drugs in the later part of his life. And so I Didn't think... Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Depressed guy. What? Gets into drugs and substance abuse. every I've Got X episode? Exactly. Well, you know, most artists. <laughs> I think that, I mean, add that to a relationship. I'm sure there are a bunch of unseen challenges between the two. But I think the ability to write a love song, you know, whatever part of love that is, whether it's the Mm -hmm. breakup or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think does show a certain amount of expertise to be able to write something universal about, you know, a singular experience. Yeah. That's That's interesting. I feel like this is the type of song at least think about it right now, you wish you could like go into his head and like yeah. figure out what was going on. Like 
was there like some initial incident like he like screwed up or something did something that made her want to leave like it's the kind of thing where you're like oh, is it his fault? i want to know more like i want to be nosy yeah and is he like maybe he's like guilt tripping her like it's there's the, there's like so much you can interpret from it yeah, yeah is really he playing like the, the hurt lost puppy or is he actually like the manipulative person in the relationship like it's probably a mixture of both yeah no relationship weird. is ever yeah 50 50 well um, elliot smith that's Elliot Smith. I would encourage anyone who's even like partially interested in him to watch the docu- documentary Heaven Adores You. I think it's a really beautiful documentary. It made me kind of fall in love with him as like a person more so than just, you know, an artist mm-hmm. who you click a button and stream. Mm. Um, Is it on Netflix? or what? Yeah, I think it's on Amazon. Oh, okay. Otherwise, bootleg it. I mean, you didn't hear from me, but <laughs> you can probably bootleg it somewhere. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, he's not alive, so like it's uh, not really going to him anyway. So it's going to production companies. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hills, though, 101.7 FM. I'm Alexandra Hall. Gavin Leestro. And Bella Dix. <laughs>